How's it going, folks? How's it going? I'm Brother Matthew, and this is Christian Coffee Time, where we sit down together to study the Word of God. And here we are, continuing on our Bible study through the book of 2 Corinthians. So please go grab your Bibles, notepads, and pens, and turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Motoring our way through the letter of the Apostle Paul to the Church of Corinth, there's so much to say uh, that is applied for our benefit as well, as all scripture is profitable, that we learn from it all, that yes, it was written for them back then in an entirely different situation, but the way that the Lord inspires his word is that it's timeless, that whatever Paul writes over 2,000 years ago is going to be applicable to anybody of any generation of any time after that. If this world goes on for a million years, in a million years from now, the scriptures will be just as applicable, just as profitable. The people learn from it the same as we do, the same as the saints from all time past have. That all scripture is profitable for our learning in all aspects. So this letter that Paul wrote here, as you go through each chapter has a, a, a specific point and topic that it addresses we see here in chapter 9 a whole another uh, point that paul's trying to make with the church so if you have any comments questions issues insights regarding our study at hand please go ahead ask away be glad to hear from you so um yeah so we'll continue on here second corinthians chapter 9. now we see in his addressing them that they have a lot of zeal they have a lot of passion they have a lot of earnest desire but they're unfocused but they they're just not applying in the right manner they say they love the lord but there seems to be some flaws some issues and paul addresses this uh, the first is in the first letter we see in addressing of discipline and right order uh, being able to properly uh, control themselves, how the Lord would want them to operate. They have all desire, but they need instruction and teaching on how to apply it. And that seems to be kind of the theme going down through. And here again in chapter 9, same thing, but uh, on it's on uh, in regards to outreach. So we're going to be addressing this again a little bit here in chapter 9. All right. So with that, uh, grab your tea, grab your coffee. We're going to be walking through chapter 9. If you see anything you'd like to uh, comment on, address, like me to go over again, please go ahead, ask away. be glad to hear from you. Um, so we see in chapter 9, verse 1, for us touching the ministering to the saints. The ministering to the saints. This is uh, the right fellowship. This is emphasized so much all down through uh, all the way from the Old Testament right up through about how iron sharpens iron. People say, well, I don't need to go to church. I have my own church at home. Well, they obviously don't understand the scriptures. They don't understand the point of this is that, yes, you could completely isolate yourself like a monk. You totally could. It doesn't mean you should. Yes, there's grace enough that, yeah, you could go do that, but it's not going to benefit you. In fact, it's actually going to harm you. 
It's going, it's going to harm your, your walk, your faith, and all of this. <clears throat> now, ministering to the saints, I thought that we were supposed to minister to the unsaved. We come together when it's all about others. Well, yeah, how are you supposed to help others if you're not keeping yourself right? So you see, focusing, uh, focusing on uh, your walk with the Lord, and then it flows outward. Out of you will flow springs of living water as long as you're maintaining the well. So as touching the ministering of the saints is uh, upkeeping and strengthening, encouraging, exhorting, reproving, re rebuking if need be, to help each other to stay on fire for the Lord, to, to pray for each other in uh, whatever needs may be, and overcoming the temptations of the enemy. Now, a lot of this is kind of, well, it just, it, it comes with the territory that when you, when you trust in the Lord, you believe in his word and you st study the word, you, you do naturally come to the understanding about the love of the saints, the love of the brethren. It just comes naturally. It comes naturally a desire to want to witness. It comes naturally a desire to love righteousness and hate iniquity. The spirit of God that promotes this desire, promotes this zealousness. So, yes, there, there is, this does come naturally, but sometimes we need instruction. And that's what pastors, teachers, and preachers are for. Evangelists, missionaries, these ones will help guide us and instruct us. The Bible teacher is very needed, very needed to help people to understand. Because, yes, you go, off, you go off and study, but this is why God gave some preachers, some teachers, some evangelists, uh, individuals as, as leaders of a local church assembly uh, to help people in pointing out the specifics. Not everybody is a Bible teacher. Not everybody is a preacher. And not everybody will have the uh, a proper right understanding and studying. This is why we need teachers. God gave this office. He gave the office of the teacher, of the pastor, of the preacher, uh, to help people to understand properly, more accurately. So as Paul is going on about this, and he says, uh, chapter 9, verse 1, For as touching the ministering to the saints, it is superfluous for me to write to you. That means over and above exceeding what is what is fully necessary. As, uh, as, as he says, you, ha you have the zealousness, and I'm telling you, you need to be zealous, and you have the zealous, this is kind of over and above what is needed. It says, verse 2, For I know the forwardness of your mind, for which I boast of you to them of Macedonia, that Achaia was ready a year ago, and your zeal hath provoked very many. It, it, it It's already known. Your, your zealous is already known. You don't need me to tell you that you need to be zealous. However, Verse 3, yet have I sent the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, ye may be ready. Lest happily if they have Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, that we should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. Unprepared. They're not always ready. They have a zealousness, but it's not focused right. It, it it's like binoculars where, where you got to fine-tune them to clear up the picture they're not fine-tuned they're not 100 clear on this they have zealousness a fervency a desire a passion 
but they need instruction, learning, and they and they need guidance. So this is where the, the spiritual gift of the evangelist uh, will come in to stir them up and help them focus in, in uh, outreach and ministry. This is where the Bible teacher comes in and helps focus their zealousness in right, proper doctrinal study and theology and understanding of proper church order and function. This is where the leaders of the church come in that are set up by God. This is where the saints need to know what they're talking about. You say you love the Lord. What does that mean? You say you believe in Jesus. Who is he? Zealousness needs to be tempered, controlled, and focused. Just an unhinged zealousness will bring in all kinds of error. You don't believe me? Take a look at the charismatic Pentecostal movement. So you see a great, powerful zealousness but all because someone is is overly zealous doesn't mean they know what they're talking about. Doesn't mean that they're that they're properly taught and focused correctly. Take a look at the charismatic Pentecostal movement. So unpreparedness causes to be ashamed. Unfocused zealousness brings in shame. Take a look at the charismatic Pentecostal movement. Though their zeal has provoked very many. Yet there's much to be ashamed of. There's problems. There's errors. That, uh, and yes, I've spoken of your your power of zealousness unto other churches. You need you need to be properly focused. And he uses the example of the Macedonians. Now, if we go back, uh, chapter eight where he talks about the Macedonians and he uses them as example of, of their of their passion, their zeal, their uh, desire to serve the Lord and what they've suffered and what they've gone through. So he's pointing out to the Corinthians another church to model themselves after, like the Macedonians. And, and, uh, and you see how they're focused, what they're all about. Model yourself after this. Uh, Otherwise, you're going to cause the churches to be ashamed of you. You say you're, you're of us. But what, what happens when, uh, when a church becomes improperly focused in their zealousness? What effect does this have? Well, bring, it brings in mockery. It brings in scoffing. As Nathan the prophet said to David, you cause the enemies of the Lord to blaspheme. Churches that aren't disciplined and have no church discipline and will have much corruption and sin and issues and problems going through the church and they're not and they're not dealing with it properly. And what does what does the world say about that? How does the world see that? How about a church that's not focused properly in their doctrines and theologies and their teachings? Well, they take advantage of you. The world that takes it takes advantage of you, and you become one of those watered down liberal progressive churches. And it's not even a church more like a social club now the key that we see here in the first few verses is in verse 4 find you unprepared lest we should find you unprepared now unprepared for what now for this we want to go to first peter three fifteen. in First Peter chapter three, verse 15. But sanctify the Lord God 
in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Look what it says. Be ready always. Be ready always. Okay, right there. Now, Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The world's pretty big. A lot of people, there's a lot of different events, issues, circumstances, situations that, that have arise, do arise, and can arise. People all around us at all times. And the Lord is saying here to be ready always. Now, not, not just for, say, outreach to the unsaved, like when you go out in town or whatever. This is talking about within every circle of influence, from your circle of influence with society itself, within friends, co-workers, family, and self. And self. Your circle of influence unto yourself, of your own mind, your own heart, of your, of, of your own circumstances. To be ready always to give an answer to yourself as well. Because many times that we run into issues and problems or doubts, fears, temptations, whatever, how to respond and answer to these things that arise in our own lives. <clears throat> like, it, like it says about casting down imaginations, being ready always to cast down wicked imaginations, to be ready always to give an answer uh, to family and encouragement and, and uh, exhorting and teaching, uh, uh, to uh, be ready always to addressing fam uh, family, friends, co-workers, and witnessing to those out and, out and about, to be ready always. Now, how often can the world catch us unprepared? People can call you up, text you, email you, run into you, or uh, outside, or whatever. We always need to be ready. Ready ready to fight sin, uh, hate sin, love, uh, love righteousness, love the things of God, uh, in prayer and praise and worship, in uh, uh, resisting the devil. We should never be found unprepared. Never be fought with our shield dropped. We should always be ready to fight, to teach, to preach, to witness, to testify of Christ. Lest we should be ashamed. Because we don't want to uh, cause shame to the faith, cause shame to this. If someone, let's say say you're outside working on the car or whatever, and, and an acquaintance comes along, sees you there, walks up and starts asking you questions about Jesus Christ, but your hands are greasy from from the car from the car's engine, and you're sweaty, and you're you're busy, you're a little frustrated with the motor, at any time, be ready always to give an answer. This is why we should always be mindful of the things of the Lord over and above everything that comes into our lives. You have no idea who you may be running across, out for a walk, uh, uh, and. Uh, the Lord puts on your heart. What about putting tracks in the mailboxes? What about giving a gospel track to this guy sitting on the bench? You're just out, out for your own walk. But did you even bring tracks with you? How many times do we step outside and we're not even armed? You're caught unprepared. The Lord taps and says, hey, give this guy a track. Oh, wait. Yeah, you didn't take any with you, did you? 
think ahead? What, what are ways that you could prepare yourself for possible confrontation, for possible uh, a time of witnessing? Lest we should find you unprepared. Now, there are many ways that, that we could do this. Say, well, well, I, I memorize lots of scripture. Okay, but can you give that to someone? Are you ready to, to speak that to someone coherently? What if you're tired? Always think ahead. Always think ahead. There are many ways to prepare ourselves. Taking some John and Romans or tracks or something, anything to be able to give to someone or to help to help others, not even just the unsaved, but the saved. Always ready with words of encouragement. That not only helps affect you when you when you study up on the passages of encouragement and blessing, it becomes encouragement and blessing to you that you then pass off onto others. <clears throat> so verse four. Lest happily, if they of Macedonia come with me and find you unprepared, we, that we say not ye, should be ashamed in this same confident boasting. That our boasting of one another is not just boasting to, like the Pharisees would do unto themselves. Where they, where they just, it all becomes a thing of pride. But rather, it's a boasting of the Lord of how much the Lord is able to work through you. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with me. But it's all about the Lord. The confident boasting. To speak to speak about those, uh, to speak well of those that, that give of themselves in the service of the Lord. Because it's a praise of God, of the, how much the gospel is getting out, of how much Christ is being magnified in the church. It's not about the personal works of the saints, but rather it's more about the effectiveness of Christ in that church, in that congregation. Verse 5, Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that, that, that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before that the same might be ready as of a matter of bounty and not as of covetousness. So to be able to give and to help of, unto others. Now this is where a lot of people turn this passage about the cheerful giver, turn this into about money, into about tithing. It's so much more than that. That, 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 that may be a small little aspect here, but we go by the context before this. It's about outreach and witnessing and testifying of Christ. The bounty of that which is at your disposal for outreach. To saints and the unsaved. So, as he says in verse 1, it is superfluous. Uh, uh, a bit over and above what is necessary here it is superfluous for me to write to you and then we go down verse 5 but I thought it necessary but I thought it necessary I didn't need to, to write this to tell you because you're already zealous in all these things but I thought it necessary that I still should I thought necessary to for what Ex exhortation proper guided focused exhortation and zealousness encouragement i thought necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty to help give you some guidance and direction in all of this to show you how to properly apply your zealousness and passion fervency 
that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before. And this is where the, the prosperity gospel nonsense garbage comes in and says, this bounty you see is wealth, is fortune. This is, this is money and big bank accounts and mansions. No, the bounty is faith. The bounty is your zealousness, your passion, your fervency, your faith, your, your readiness to serve the Lord. The bounty of all that which which is at your disposal to do for the proclamation of the gospel and to help strengthen the saints and guide the lost to Christ. Do you see that? Do you see that? Do you see how it's not talking about money? Does that make sense? Because if we go back to 1 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 9, yes, chapter 9, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 18, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 18, what is my reward then? Verily, that when I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge, that I abuse not my power in the gospel. The reward of service is that I get to preach the gospel. It has nothing to do with money. See, Paul even says it. it's not about money. I make, I make the gospel of Christ without charge. It's not about money. It's about souls. It's about souls. It, it's about the encouragement of the saints. It's about the glorifying of Christ. It's about the magnifying of the kingdom of God. And what did Jesus say? My kingdom is not of this world. My kingdom is not of this world. And they say, yes, it makes sense. Good. I know what I'm talking about. Okay, so <laughs> let's keep up. All right, so uh, I'm glad people under understand me. It's not clear as much. Okay, therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they would go before, uh, before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty. So you see also why right there, right there, verse 5, why it's so important for the gathering of the saints together. Because if you're refusing the gathering of the uh, of the saints, you have no guidance. You have no focus. You're off on your own doing your own thing, but you're not working with the church. The church is is, an, is a single entity that we all come together. It has many parts that, uh, that work together. Many cogs, many wheels, many gears. It all works together as a single machine to help with the proclamation of the gospel. If you're out on your own, you're not going to work right. So we see the saints come together to help focus the uh, proper service unto the Lord and the witnessing of the saints. Make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty and not as a, of covetousness. It's not about us, about our getting, our having. Right there! It's not about our covetousness. Man, if the prosperity preachers would only read their Bibles... It's not about covenant. It's not about me gaining. It's not about me getting. I get encouragement. I get direction. I get teaching. I get blessings. It's not about that. It's not about me. It's about what I can give. What I can do for others that Christ might be magnified. That others would be blessed by our bounty. And not us. That we give of our blessing. Of that which the Lord has blessed us with, we give of it. To help others. To, to bring them. Now verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, 
And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. And you see how many people use that verse in talking about money and tithing. No, that's not what that's directly uh, contextually about. Go by all of the previous stuff. What is he talking about? What's he talking about? Outreach. The glorifying of Christ. The, the magnifying of the body of Christ together for the reaching out to the unbelievers. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly of what? Of the bounty that we just established is all that which is at your disposal for the outreach to saints and sinners. To sow sparingly, just say, say, well, I'll, I'll, I'll do just a little bit. I'll help out a little bit. Uh, I'll do a little bit of witnessing. What, what does he say? You'll reap a little bit. So as much as you put, you put into it is how much you're going to get out of it. So we take a look at some, some verses here. Ecclesiastes. That's in the white pages of your Bible because it's hardly ever turned to. So Ecclesiastes. <clears throat> and we want chapter 11 and verse 1. Ecclesiastes 11, 1. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. You see a lot of people talking about that one about casting bread on the water and you'll get you'll get it all back. Well, okay, yeah, we do and that does happen. That's the Lord blesses those who who bless his name, bless in his name. Those who honor me, I will honor. There is that that aspect that the Lord does reward service. But we don't do it for that. It's not in our minds about what, what we get back. We don't really care about that. Uh, we, we care more about the outreach, not the inreach. We care more about what we can, we can give out in blessing, not about what we get in return. That I don't think about, the, about it in a covetous manner. That's what he said, said about earlier, not as of covetousness. He which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Think about this in forms of witnessing. How much you witness. Now, if you witness all the time, as you're out there speaking of Christ all the time, handing out tracts all the time, you're going you're gonna to get a lot in return. When we take a look at Romans, can't read my own writing. That's Romans 2 verse 6. Sometimes my twos look like sixes. I don't know why. Okay. Um, yeah, Romans chapter 2, verse 6. Who will render to every man according to his deeds. That the Lord will render to every man according to his deeds. What you do, what you do for the Lord, will have an outcome. There's consequences to everything. There's consequences to evil. There's consequences to evil actions, to giving into temptation, sinning. There's also the aspect of consequences for good behavior. That if you do good, you serve the Lord, there's great blessings that come out of it. If you if you give into sin, there's discipline, chastisement, there's consequences to action. The Lord will render to every man according to his deeds. We take a look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. 
And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Now, what is it that we reap? Well, he goes on to talk about this. Okay, uh, so verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall, shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he has purposed, pur purposed in his heart, so let him give not grudgingly or of necessity for god loveth a cheerful giver verse 8 and god is able to make all grace abound toward you that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work right there verse 8 talking about the service okay we'll, we'll back up in a moment but verse 8 ha having all sufficiency in all things may that you may abound to every good work that the Lord will bless you for your outreach. That as much as you put into it, he will make up, make that up so that you can keep going. You, uh, you, you, you're handing out gospel tracts and you're doing this uh, faithfully unto the Lord and you're serving the Lord and all this. He will provide all that you need so that you can keep going. As long as you're determined to keep driving the car, he'll put the gas in it so that you can keep going. The Lord will make all grace abound toward you for your sufficiency of good works so that you can keep going in the good works and the outreach. You see that? So now we want to go to Colossians 3.23. Colossians 3.23. Ephesians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. How many of you have to sing that song, uh, uh, the the books of the Bible song, to <laughs> to know where stuff is? Okay, so Colossians three twenty three. All right, where are we? Okay, Colossians chapter three verse twenty three. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily, as to the Lord and not unto men. Everything that you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not unto men. That, that the way you do your job, when you go to work, you're doing your job. God is your boss, not man. You work for him. You work to honor him, not people. You're working for the Lord, not people. You're serving the Lord, not people. Everything that you do in helping the poor, the sick, and the needy, uh, helping encourage the saints, helping instruct the lost, you're doing it not so much for them, but for the Lord. Because it honors the Lord, it pleases the Lord. Because you're doing it because you love him. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. What, what are his commandments? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Encourage the saints, love the brethren, help the church. Jesus addressed this in Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 38. Luke chapter 2, verse 38. <clears throat> That's chapter 1, and that's chapter 2. And we went verse 38. That's not right. I can't read my own writing. 638. I told you. <laughs> okay, there we are. Now we know what we're talking about. Okay, Luke 638. Yeah, that makes more sense. Okay, Luke 638. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Jesus says, give, 
and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. That's Psalm 23. We'll go to Psalm 23 in a moment. Jesus is repeating Psalm 23. Well, earlier he says, I am the good shepherd. Look what he says. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye meet, with all it shall be measured to you again. Now what does this mean? Pressed down, shaken together, running over. You see, that what the Lord is saying here, you have a cup of blessing wherewith you can bless others. You show yourself dependable unto the Lord with the right heart, right attitude, and all of this, and you take your cup and you pour it out in, as blessing unto others. What does he say? The Lord will fill up your cup. Your cup will overflow. We'll go back to Psalm 23 in a second. But the Lord will fill up your cup so that you can do it again, but he'll fill it up and he'll press it down, shake it and press it down and fill it up again so that it overflows so you can give that much more. He doesn't just fill it back up. He puts it so that it overflows so that you could do more. Let's go back to Psalm 23. Psalm 23. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. What did Jesus say? I am the good shepherd. This is L-O-R-D, all uppercase. That's Jehovah God. Jehovah God is my shepherd, that Jesus says he's got, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The paths of righteousness? What's that? The service of God. The, the works of the saints. He leads me in the paths of righteousness. He shows me where to go, what to do. He tells me who to talk to. For his name's sake, as unto the Lord, not men. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. How the Lord protects and fights for you. Now look at this, verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. What's the anointing my head with oil? That's the, that's the oil of gladness. That's the oil of gladness of the Spirit of God. The oil of blessing. My cup overflows. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, we go back to verse 7. So, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7. Every man according he has purposed in his heart, so let him give. Now, this is in all contexts. Family, friends, co-workers, the society, your church, your own home. Every man according as he has purposed in his heart, so let him give. What did Jesus say? According to thy faith, be it unto thee. Some people think so 
physically and materially. Well, I don't really have that much to give. Meanwhile, you have a lot of stuff in your cupboards. You you have a lot of things going on in your life, but you worry that if well, if I give that, I won't have anything else. You don't do you not understand the con the concept that you can't outgive God. Look at George Mueller of Bristol. Every man according to his purpose in his heart. <clears throat> now, a lot of people, uh, they look at their own personal lives and they see what they own, what they have, what's at their disposal of their income, of their provision, of their, of their substance. But it's not yours, it's God's. Everything that is that is in in your circle of ownership actually belongs to God and you're just the caretaker of it. So how much do you purpose in your heart to help others, to bless others in, in uh, helping the poor and the sick and the needy and helping your church, helping your church keep going? For God loveth a cheerful giver. Cheerful. That's, a, that's I want to help out. So you see the person in need and you open your wallet and you only have a 20. Just give them the 20. The Lord will provide. Don't worry about it. See, there's a cheerful is one who doesn't even think about it. If someone's in need, it's in it's in your your hand at your power, your disposal. Help them. Don't even think about it. As it talks about not letting the right hand know what the left hand is doing. It just needs to be done. Do it. That's how Jesus says. If someone comes and asks you for your cloak, just give it to him. Not think about it. Worry about uh, but not getting it back in in return. The concept of cheerful giver, of a cheerful heart, of a glad heart, a heart that has no worries, no doubts, no fears. You don't even care. You don't care about, about this. That if you see something in need that needs to be done, just do it. You give. You help. Without thinking twice. Without thinking twice. Every man, according as he hath purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly. Well, I mean, okay, I, I guess I have to because it, because we're, we are, as Christians, are required to do this. Okay, I'll help it if I have to. No, don't do that. Don't be like the Israelites in the wilderness. Or of necessity. Well, well I can't, I only have a little bit for uh, right now. I, I can't really help out because, you know, I got to think ahead. I got to save up for myself. I got to help myself first. But the Lord says, no, don't think about yourself first in this in this aspect. Think of the others first. Not grudgingly or necessity, for God loveth the cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Is able to make all grace abound toward you. To, to, to pay you back. See, God will pay you back. So that you can keep going. And not covetous or, gr or grudgingly. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things. The Lord knows you, 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 need, you, you need to provide for yourself as well. Don't worry about it. He'll look after you. Don't worry about it. Like the grass of the field that the Lord, that the Lord uh, dresses, the flowers and the grass and the birds, he feeds it all. Why, why are you worrying? This is Matthew 6. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. See, it's saying it again. 
God is able to make all grace abound towards you. God knows what you have need of. Don't worry about it. What is at your disposal? Do. Whether it's actual power of your hands to be able to work in the church and help cleaning, tidying, building, whatever. Is there something that needs to be done in phys physical or material? What about substance of provision of food or or even providing for tracks? Look at, purely says here, keeps providing gospel tracks because you have shown yourself dependable unto the Lord. Look what he does. He provides you can keep going. That's what this is about. And not, not just financially. But so many people turn this as be primarily just about money, about tithing. No, it's not about just tithing. Tithing is one of the other aspects in the grand picture. That even in tithing, yes, that, that if you give to help the church flourish and, and providing its, its needs, the Lord will reward you for this, as he rewards all other things. The, the context here is, in general, serving the Lord in whatever way possible, the Lord will provide for you so that you can keep going. So that you can keep doing it. Let's look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Now, we see in Galatians 6, 7, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sowed, that shall also reap. Yes, we see that, uh, the first part here is about those and about the consequences of sin, about uh, about rebellion and about fighting the Lord. The, the, whatever you do, the Lord, the Lord will cause to come back on you. But look at this again. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. So we see application as well, as we've already discussed, in it's also in aspects of righteousness. If you mock God, fight against God, whatever you sow, you'll reap. But if you bless God, honor God, fear God, and you work for God, whatsoever you sow, you will reap. See that? And this also applies to doing nothing. You sow nothing, you'll reap nothing. In any context. Now, we are given an example. We are called Christians, Christ followers, disciples of Jesus Christ. And as we see in Scripture, it's taught that we are to follow after Christ likeness. To imitate Christ, to be like Christ, Christ likeness, like Christ. And what did Jesus do? Well, in Psalms 112, verse 9, which is repeated right here, as it is written, he hath dispersed abroad, given out just everywhere. He hath given to the poor, his righteousness remaineth forever. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food, and multiply your seed sown, and increase the fruits of your righteousness. As Christ dispersed and uh, dispersed abroad and served all, did he hold back? Did he refuse anyone that came to him? No. What about even food? He provided it. What about drink? He provided it. What about prayer and healing and blessing? He provided it. What teaching, instruction, and correction? He provided it. What about what about financially? What did he do? 
What do you do for Peter that one time? He told Peter, go cast your line and catch a fish and there's a coin in the mouth. They had to pay the taxes. He provides. You serve the Lord, you fear the Lord, he provides. And just as we saw with Jesus is he, he never ran out. Jesus never ran out. The jar, the jar of oil and the barrel of meal will not run out. As you see, the widow chose to serve the Lord, to fear the Lord, and to help the prophet uh, uh, Elijah. God blessed her in return that her jar of oil and barrel of meal did not run out. You know, you know what this is? Living by faith. Where by faith you trust that the Lord will provide no matter what. That you can't outgive God. You want to serve the Lord? He'll make the way in the wilderness. He'll show you where to go. He'll, he'll direct you to the rock that he'll split, that uh, the water will come out. He'll direct you to all these things. He'll direct you anywhere you need to go. He will guide. He'll provide. Take him at his word. Take him at his word. Serve the Lord. Now, this is Psalms 112, verse 9. Let's go there. Psalms. <clears throat> one twelve verse nine. So this is the this is the prophet David, prophet King David, speaking of Jesus, speaking of the Christ. Verse nine, Psalms one twelve, verse nine, he hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor, his righteousness endureth forever, his horn shall be exalted with honor, the wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away, the desire of the wicked shall perish. What's this talking about? Psalm 23. The end of it here. Verse 5. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. That the world will see it. That not only, not only, are you, are you giving it to, to serve the Lord, to bring people to the knowledge of God, but also that the opposers, and not just the opposers, but everybody, will see evidence of the power of God. Evidence of the manifestation of the Lord literally in your life. How are your prayers always answered? When you when you don't beg, you don't ask anybody to help in return, it just but it just comes in. They see the just the materialization of the provision of God in your life. Because you serve the Lord and you magnify his name. You're preaching Jesus Christ. And look at the blessings that just happened to it. That people see evidence. Evidence of God. Evidence of Jesus Christ in the good works of the saints. This is what 1 Peter 3.15 is all about. Why are they coming to ask you about the hope within you? Because they see something other than just physical. There's obviously something else going on here. It's not just physical. It's not... It's not natural that this happens like this this isn't natural they come and ask you about the hope within you ask you about the power within you ask you about the name that you're preaching and then you can tell them and then you witness to them the good works of the saints that manifest the power of god draw people to the knowledge of god so that they could be taught and shown See, it's not just witnessing, but everything else shows of it. That, that the good deed, a cup of cool water to a thirsty man, satisfies his soul. 
because they sh it shows by the charity of the goodness of your nature here. So we see here as well in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13, verse 1. Though I, remember we talked about this. What does that mean? So though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I become a sounding brass or tinkling cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have a whole faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor even, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Though I give all everything uh, uh, to feed the poor, but I have not charity, what does this mean? You're giving grudgingly. Though, though you do give out and you do disperse abroad, but grudgingly, not by charity, not by as a cheerful giver, not in a right heart. Though I have, I have I have all knowledge, all abilities, all everything, though I could do everything, but if I have not charity, it profits me nothing. What is charity? What is charity? Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Charity never faileth. Charity is Christ's likeness, the heart of Christ, the heart of Christ. This is the this is the fruits of the spirit being made manifest. Doubt not, fear not, fret not, worry not. So we see here as as prophesied how Christ did it, how he gave us an example, how we are to go out and about and do all this. We imitate this. But as I, I spoke before about maintenance of self first before getting out and serving, you want to examine your heart in all things. Examine your heart in all things. Always making sure you're in the right heart and attitude. At the moment that, that, that you are unprepared, you need to be aware of that. Unprepared it also is when you're giving grudgingly, giving fearingly, giving doubtfully. You want to be aware of that, mindful. You want to be prepared for these kinds of moods and these kinds of temptations to come in. Or the devil could try to whisper in your ear and to cause doubt and fear and worry and stress and fretting. Verse 11, being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. Verse 11, being enriched in everything, in everything that you do, evening, eating and drinking to all to the glory of God. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness in every way, financially, materially, provisionally, and, and even uh, scripturally in, in aspects of faith and prayer and blessing. 
encouragement, words of encouragement, knowledge of scripture to be able to help, to help reprove, rebuke, exhort. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. And, and why do we do this? Why do we do this? So we can praise God. So we can praise God. Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And we want verses 19 to 20. Matthew 6, 19 to 20. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth. It's not about me gaining, maintaining, keeping. It's not about me. It's not about my wealth, my health, my prosperity. It's not about kingdoms of this world. As Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So, like for example, when, when your head is in the clouds, when you're thinking like you're already there, when you're thinking in spirit, when you're thinking by the kingdom of God, which is spiritual, not physical, this is where the spiritual will be made manifest. You see, the widow woman did not have to store up for herself oil and meal. The Lord provided. The Israelites didn't have to store up for themselves bread and water. The Lord provided. We don't need to store up for ourselves. We don't need to worry about it, is what I'm saying. Worrying, fretting about that. Well, how can I help? But I don't have much. Start start providing with what you have. The widow's two mites. She gave more than everyone else. And how the Lord will bless her for this. The, 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 the little boy carrying just a couple fish and a couple loaves for the disciples. And there are several thousand people. The, this individual, these the, the disciples here, as we see in Second Corinthians, according that purposed in their heart, according to what they had, to what they had, every man according to his purpose in his heart, so let him give. They gave everything they had, everything that they could. They gave everything that was at their disposal. They gave to the Lord first. They gave to the Lord first, as the Macedonians gave example of this see in chapter 8 and uh, chapter 8 verse 5 and this they did not as we hoped but first gave their own selves to the lord knowing this first that no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation to so see knowing first first and foremost what does the lord say what does the lord teach what does the lord give by example how the macedonians do it how the disciples do it how did Christ do it? Being enriched. So 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 11. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. 
for the administration of this service not only supplieth the want of the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Look at this desk. For in providing, serving the Lord, and outreach in every way, the administration of this service, what? Charity. The service of charity. The service of the saints, charity and prayer and help and healing, providing and everything, blessing. The administration of this service not only supplies the wants of the saints, not only does it bless the saints and encourage the saints, not only does it help the church, but is abundant, the administration of this service is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. It causes everyone to praise God. You ever seen those videos uh, where certain individuals go out and uh, um, they they go to like the grocery store and they go up to someone in the line and they they buy they purchase for that person all of their groceries they pay for all their groceries. Or individuals will go to certain homes and 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 they'll like pay off their mortgage or give them bag of groceries or give them some give some money to help with bills or whatever. You ever notice how whenever these kinds of things happen, how often these people get very religious? All of a sudden, that there's a lot of God bless yous. It it, it just it comes naturally. That the service, the administration of charity, of helping, prayer, encouragement, blessing, all this, how it causes individuals to bless God. Even individuals that would never really give God a, a second thought. They'd never even really darken the door of a church. They start praising God. The administration of this brings God honor. You see that? Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causeth through us thanksgiving to God. For the for the verse twelve, for the administration of the service, charity, not only supplieth the want of the saints, blesses and encourages, helps the saints, but is abundant also by many thanksgivings unto God. Verse thirteen. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration. It's interesting language. Experiment. You, you, you going into it, you may never have really given this thought before, but you notice, even when, even in the, the little bit that you do give, how much of a blessing it is unto you and others, and, and how much it helps that person. And, and as you experiment with this, you start giving more and more and more you start doing more and more and more but by experiment of this you see the power of it and it becomes a great power in you a blessing others blessing god and in return the lord blessing you for this whilst by the experiment of this ministration charity they glorify god for your professed subjection unto the gospel of christ and you see the people that you do help out wind up blessing you in return but the Lord takes that seriously, and he does help you, and he does bless you so that you can keep going. 
whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection, for your professed subjection to the gospel of Christ. You say you have faith. You say you love Christ. Faith that works is dead. What's dead? The praise of God, the glorifying of God. Your professed subjection to Christ. You say you love the Lord and his word and the faithfulness, but what do you do to prove it? How can you prove it? You see what this is all about. It is we need focused zealousness. You may say, you, you, may, you may show to the saints, great zeal. But is it focused? Is it directed? Is it acted upon? Acted zeal of your professed subjection. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. You see what it's about? Everything, everything is for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not just to get people to come to church. So many people do these things and, 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 they, and they say they're doing it in the name of their church. And so to draw people to the church. They may be doing it for other reasons, other means, and they say, say uh, and they give a different name. But the point we see here is all distribution, all professed subjection. Everything is for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not about your church and bringing people to your church. It's about souls getting saved. It's about Jesus Christ and what he did for them, not what you're doing for them. It's not about you. It's all about him. That, the, that you are subjected to the gospel of Jesus Christ. You are a subject of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is your power, your authority that you're doing in his name for his purpose of what he did. And this is the byproduct of it and that you serve the gospel of Jesus Christ as your master. Your authority is the gospel unto the gospel of Jesus Christ and for your liberal distribution unto them and unto all men liberal distribution not stingy not stingy you see someone in need you provide verse 14 and by their prayers for you they're blessing you because of all this to the saints to the unsaved to everybody and helping your church helping the saints helping the pastor the missionary and all this in every way serving the lord and outreach and, and helping the poor and the sick and the needy that and and by their prayers for you, they're, they're blessing you. God bless you. God bless you. Uh, and their blessing and pray, prayers for you, which long after you, after the exceeding grace of God in you, that it causes them to long after that they want what you have. What do you have? You have the gospel of Jesus Christ. You have the name of Christ. And you have the power of Christ. And they want that. They long after See this? It causes them to long after the goodness of God in you. That the Lord would do with them as he's doing for you. They have a provision. And they become subject to the gospel. And by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God in you, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. And what is this gift? 
the gift of God's charity, the gift of God's blessing, the gift of His grace, the gift of His gospel, the gift of God, which is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And everything we do is to glorify that, is to open up doors of utterance for that, that for the saints, they be blessed and encouraged and helped and uplifted by the gospel. And for the unsaved, that they would receive this gift and become as we are, servants of Christ, saved, sealed, forgiven, praising the Lord. His unspeakable gift. It just it goes above and beyond. As we saw, a, a pressed down, shaken together, running over. It's way more than we ever deserved. Way more than we could ever do with. Because as God owns the cattle of a thousand hills, his kingdom, which is eternal, his, his power, which is everlasting, that he, that he, as he speaks the universe into existence, the power that is unspeakable, the goodness, the grace, the mercy, the forgiveness, the help, that God never turned away a single person that ever came unto him. Everybody that asked of him, he helped, he provided, he gave instruction and guidance and wisdom and blessing and all of this. Everything that they had need, he provides. Matthew chapter 6 talks about this. As the Lord blesses and feeds and clothes the, the grass of the field, the lilies of the valley, how much more will he clothe you? How much more will he look after you? And we are undeserving. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's goodness. We don't deserve these things. It's pressed down, shaken together, running over. And when we show this unto the world, how the Lord has blessed us and helped us, we start helping them in return. It encourages the saints. It causes the saints to rejoice. When you speak again and again and again of God's goodness to you, how much he's helped you, the answered prayers, the provisions, that everything that you asked of the Lord, how he provided everything you did for the Lord, and we see how the Lord has worked in and blessed that. The Lord working with them, confirming the word with signs following. What did Jesus say? Not doubting in your heart. Not doubting in your heart. What do you need? What do you have need of? Let him know. Let him know. What, what kind of father, uh, when his son asks for bread, would give him a scorpion? Like, the, he, he's, he's not going to go around and he's, and he's not going to work in... in uh, and trying to uh, hinder or oppose or, or be different to what you're trying to do is the Lord The Lord blesses what you're doing. You ask the Lord for bread, he'll give you bread. Ask the Lord for an egg, he'll give you an egg. Ask the Lord for fish, he'll give you fish, as Jesus gave an example. You see, he's, he's not going to give you that which is going to oppose. He's not, he's not going to deny your need, is what he's getting at here. So many Christians fear that that the, the, may, maybe the Lord won't help, or maybe he won't provide. You pray and ask the Lord for provision, well, maybe he won't, he won't help me out. Why would he not? Why would he not? After the, after the many, 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 many promises and instructions of Christ, how the Lord will provide his promises, which you will never deny, why do, why do we doubt them? Why do we doubt his promises? Do we doubt his salvation? Why do we doubt the rest of the story? Whatsoever you ask, you will receive. Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. 
to serve the Lord, to fear the Lord in right heart. The Lord provides. So you see in James, but if you're doubting and wavering, and not just not not just in knowledge, but wavering in service. Wavering in service. You keep giving in to the fear of men. But can the Lord use that? That's now giving grudgingly. That's not hesitation. He who hesitates is lost. It's an old phrase I heard long ago. He who hesitates is lost. Hesitation in the service of the Lord is only, only going to bring a delay in the blessing of God. You want to serve the Lord. And you want to know how to get started, just start. It doesn't matter what it is. How can you help others in a, in a manner that would honor the Lord? Teaching, instruction, and prayer, and blessing, provision, in whatever way you see a need, whatever it may be, fulfill it. Watch the Lord bless. Watch the Lord work in your life. The way to start is just to start. Thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Rejoice always, and again, I say rejoice. Second Corinthians chapter 9. All right. Um, going down through the comments here, Purely says, uh, single mama here, very low income. I live in a tiny house. Stopped worrying about what I don't have. Spent money on tracks. Uh, a, a Jesus flag, a speaker and a mic to witness for him. He keeps providing for me to buy more tracks. You see? You see? the, low, the uh, Just as that. You cast your bread on the waters, it comes back. That you serve the Lord, he blesses. We see here, that right there is a demonstration of, of the, um, as it says, the experiment of this ministration. See, at first, there was a hesitation, wasn't sure, but you stepped out by faith because you wanted to work for the Lord, because you wanted to speak for the Lord. You experimented on this and found it fulfilling. That the Lord answered it. Just as he said. You stepped out into the waters and the Lord parted it. The experiment of this ministration. And they, uh, and you glorified God for this. See right here it causes you to glorify God. Because of that. Every time that the Lord comes through. It causes us to rejoice. And the Lord loves that. He loves the joy of the saints. What is more joyous than to see their father at work? And what's more joyous to him than to see his children at work? So there you go. That's what it's all about. Um, and he's also brought brought me others to witness with me. And just see, see as we talked about how he sends brethren unto you to be a blessing unto you to help you to keep this going. Everything that I've said here, everything that I'm talking about, the Lord will send others to be a blessing and a help and encouragement and direction for you in this, to help you in this work. For his glory. Just as we've been studying. Alright, so there you go, folks. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Any comments, questions, issues, insights, anything else at all, please by all means go ahead, ask away. Um, similar to, to what we're talking about here in the ministration, the uh, of uh, charity and the, the gifts of the saints, it goes right into talking about our spiritual gifts. 
and everything as we see it's by spirit as our kingdom is not of this world but is of christ <coughs> excuse me and so um if you want to know more about uh biblical uh spiritual gifts please check out our playlist on spiritual gifts according to the bible and uh, we have a bunch of videos in there talking all about this so i hope that those will be a help and a blessing to you please take advantage of that and um yeah so that wraps up our study for today a bit of a shorter one but there's a lot of information a lot of applications here for us i hope that you'll consider this take this to your heart and to be a blessing to you <coughs> excuse me um nicholas says I've been thinking about designing tracks as I've been making art to satisfy the world. I'm glad I turned into this live stream. Yeah, so so start turning what's at your disposal. Your gifts. Use it for the Lord. So how can you honor the Lord with your skills, your gifts? Uh, what is at your disposal? Use it for the Lord. Start designing things that glorify, magnify Christ that could that could cause the saints to rejoice and would spark uh, the heart and the mind uh, of the unsaved. Start giving it to the Lord. Use it for witnessing and evangelism. And there's so many different ways that we could reach out through through music and art and and speaking and and writing and design. There's so many things that we could do. Say you're not uh, so. Uh, artistically inclined like myself uh what what can i do i can speak so i street preach so there's uh I witness and teach so this whatever you can do do it as unto the lord do it heartily as unto the lord the lord loves a cheerful giver so give of your skills give of your ability unto the lord cheerfully not grudgingly and watch the lord work watch how the lord blesses so when you don't know where to start ask him and then step out. Just start doing it. Just, just, uh, don't hesitate. Just go. Serve the Lord. Witness the gospel to every creature. So there you go. So with that, we're going to wrap that up there. So thank you so much, folks, for joining. God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. Uh, please, if you enjoy these studies, give this a like, give us a thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe, hit notification bell icon. See when we put up new videos and check out all our other videos. We got tons and tons of content, tons of playlists on different topics and stuff. Please make sure you check it out. Uh, we also have a playlist on witnessing and evangelism. Please make sure you uh, avail yourself to that. Give it many uh, instructions on how to witness, how to evangelize, and gives you many other ideas and stuff to look into. As well as check out our website, ChristianCoffeeTime.ca. It's got tons of other content there, links to all our other platforms, and got free downloadable gospel track PDFs that you can uh, take advantage of. And with that, God bless you. God bless all those who love our Lord God, Jesus Christ. God bless all those who love his holy word. Hope to see you again, folks. And as always, if I don't see you again, I'll see you in the sky. God bless.